Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, the podcast where two 30-year-olds guide you through the latest trends, creators, and stories from the TikTok universe. I'm Melissa Rosen. And I'm Dina Greenbaum. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hey, Dina, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I finally finished watching Bridgerton on Netflix, which was recommended by our food specialist, Sam. And the best part about it, it was not the show. I thought the show was lacking, but the Bridgerton musical on TikTok is amazing. And I could finally watch that without worrying about spoilers. I couldn't agree more. The only reason I am happy to watch the Netflix show is to be able to watch the TikTok musical. The music is so good. It's amazing. I'm obsessed. Like, I just keep listening to it on repeat. I want them to put it on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, we had the Ratatouille TikTok musical. Now we're getting the Bridgerton TikTok musical, and it just keeps escalating from there. It's so much fun to watch all this happen. TikTok's a wonderful place. Uh, Speaking of, our guest today, Mary-Kate, really exemplifies what an amazing place TikTok can be for building a community and finding people to relate to and to have an outlet for for people who might not have otherwise. Yeah, it is really just so incredible that TikTok helps her find her diagnosis to her illness and the community she found. And and just her listening to her tell her story, I think our listeners are are really going to be inspired and be entertained. Yeah, I I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, as usual, you know, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, that really helps, and uh, check us out on our website, tooldfortiktok.com, number two and the number four, to view any of the videos we mentioned. Same goes for our Instagram, we're posting lots of fun content there, tooldfortiktokpod, number two, number four. All right, shall we get to the interview? Mary-Kate Mahaney uses her chronic illness TikTok account at Chronic Baddie to spread tips and tricks that have helped her. She gives inspiration to others that are struggling and also uses humor to deal with the crappy hand a lot of people with illness and or disabilities have been dealt. Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, Mary-Kate. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. And we're not too old for TikTok. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Um, We're so excited to have you on the podcast. And I'm friends with your sister, Erin. And we've never actually met, but I feel like I already know you because we're TikTok friends. So I'd love to hear more about your background and what led up to you starting your TikTok account. Yeah. So, well, I went to college in Philadelphia and I majored in accounting because I just wanted a job when I graduated. So I became a CPA and I worked um, at a big public accounting firm for a couple of years. And then I worked in finance, putting together financial statements. So a very high stress, you know, high frequency type of job. But during that time, I would work, you know, 12 hour days and then go home and work out a ton. And I was always super healthy and loved leading a super healthy lifestyle. Um, But when I was 27, 26, 27, my husband and I moved back to my hometown and bought a house in upstate New York. Um, And right around that time, I started to become really, really sick. Um, And I'm not talking like, oh, I just, I'm not feeling that great, but I could still 
be functional. I'm talking sick to the point where the only thing that I could do would be to get out of bed and open my laptop for work. Like I was struggling um, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even like make plans with friends because I had no energy. Basically the only thing that I was hanging on to doing was working because all I had known was working. So that's what I was trying to do. Um, and it got to the point where I got so bad and my doctor still wasn't sure what was going on that she was like, I think you need to take a leave from work. And I was like, thank God, because before then I just kept pushing myself and thinking that I could just keep going, but I got to the point where I couldn't, but my health issues weren't um, easy to figure out. I saw probably dozens of specialists. We even went to um, Cleveland Clinic as part of their national consult service because they deal with people who are having a hard time finding a diagnosis or their health problems are complex and like one specialty can't help them, they need more care. Um, but even Cleveland Clinic couldn't really figure it out. They just were telling me, oh, we think you're having an overimmune response. You're having digestive issues, follow this diet. And, you know, we don't know why your weakness is so profound. We don't know why you don't have any energy, but we have hope that it's going to get better. Meanwhile, it had been like six months since I had been working and I had to decide if I wanted to go back to work or not. And I was like, I'm still, I'm in even worse shape than when I started. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to leave my job for now, which is terrifying when you're in your mid to late 20s. You just bought a house. You assume that your health is going to be totally fine. And then all of a sudden it's not. So when I first was sick, this was really before TikTok came around. So I more was really active on Instagram. And Melissa and I were actually friends for, yes. through Instagram first because Melissa's Instagram was like hilarious. Um, so Instagram was really how I was like getting by because I literally was pretty much housebound. Like I pretty much went from my bed to the couch and I literally had to limit how many times I could go up and down the stairs. Like that's how bad I was. So I would basically go into the basement every day and I would like try to bring as much stuff as I thought I would need it, like liquids and stuff and like food and snacks. And then I would just have to wait until Bobby got home from work at like six o'clock and then ask him for a bunch of stuff. And he would like bring me food because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have enough energy to get back up the stairs. Like it was terrifying mm -hmm. because also we didn't have answers. So like so freaking scary. So Instagram during that time was what I did, but it was more, I wasn't connecting with people because I feel like I hadn't come to terms yet that I was sick and it was going to be like a long-term thing. I thought, oh, this is just like a period of time. It's just a result of my digestive issues. Once I get stronger, I'll be fine. So I wasn't like trying to connect with people. And at that point I didn't have a diagnosis. So I didn't have anyone to relate to, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, Instagram was what I kind of got by with because I liked seeing like other beautiful things, beautiful places. I got really into interior design and like interior styling during that time. And I was like attempting to update our house while being chronically ill, which I would not recommend trying to like paint rooms by yourself while you're super sick. That's like a recipe for disaster. I would like paint a room and then I pretty much like would be dead for like three days. I wouldn't be able to do anything, but it made me happy and I liked doing creative stuff. So I didn't like sitting around doing nothing that drove me crazy. So I just, you know, tried to get into like Instagram, Pinterest, that kind of stuff, but I still was kind of lacking a sense of community, but I also 
hadn't come to terms that this was like a long-term thing and doctors weren't telling me that it was a long-term thing. So I still tried to kind of act like everything was normal and everything was fine and kind of like put on a facade because I had always been like a very much overachiever, perfectionist, that type of person. Like I didn't just do something just to do it. If I did something, I always tried to be the best at it, you know? So then like not being able for a while, I could barely use stairs. My legs were so weak. So, so to go from like a champion Irish dancer, someone that was supposed to run D1 track, this like overachiever who worked tons of hours in public accounting and then would go out and see friends and work out um, to be doing nothing. It was super scary. But then I got better for uh, probably like a year in time and I got my real estate license and I started um, doing uh, like real estate staging consultations as well. So I really liked that. But then um, July 2020, I went to the shore with my husband's family. And the last day of vacation, my nieces were like begging me to go swimming with them. And I was like, yeah, let's go swimming. Um, and I had still been having some weakness and trouble kind of like holding up my neck, but I didn't think anything of it. And I went in the ocean and a wave kind of like flipped me over and I had whiplash in my neck, but I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time. I was just like, oh, I'm still standing. Like everything is okay. And I was more concerned about my little niece, like being okay and not drowning. So I didn't even think twice about it. But then that day I struggled to get off the beach. Like literally, um, it was like the hardest thing I've ever done was carrying my beach chair off the beach that day. And I thought, because initially they were telling me, maybe you have chronic fatigue syndrome, blah, blah, blah. I thought, oh my God, I overdid it on vacation. I do have chronic fatigue syndrome. So when I was so bad after that, like the next two weeks after vacation, like I could barely do anything. So I had to tell um, the woman that I was working with on real estate, I had to tell her like, I can't work right now. Like I literally can't even get out of bed. Like something is wrong. So I went, started going back to my doctor again and they were like, oh, you know, I started having spinal pain as well. And they were like, mm, this is typical chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Basically, there's no cure. Just keep resting. And maybe we'll try you on meds at some point. And it was terrifying because I got even worse than I was before. And I would just felt like totally hopeless. But beginning of quarantine, I had started um, going on TikTok sometimes. And I just did it for fun. Like I had like a throwaway personal account um, and I would just do trends that I thought were fun, like at the time, because, you know, we weren't seeing anyone. TikTok was fun. I'm into comedy. So I was like, this is awesome. Um, but then once I started getting really sick and I was just in tons of pain, I was like, you know what? Like, I haven't seen really any chronic illness TikTok accounts, but I feel like I want to make one. And I know that there's people out there and there must be like younger people out there that are sick like me that I want to relate to. So that's when I started um, Chronic Baddie, <laughs> which is like kind of a cringy name, but whatever. Yeah, so I started that. account, and like literally within a week or two, I had like a thousand followers. Um, and like, I didn't even have a thousand followers on my personal Instagram because I really just used Instagram like for people that I knew in real life. Um, so I was like, this is crazy. So I kept trying to post as much as I could. And it was amazing because I just kept getting followers and people kept saying, oh my God, I love your content. This is great. I have the exact same things. So finally, I felt like part of a community. And before I had used like Reddit a bit, there's like subreddits for chronic illness, just to ask 
specific questions for like medication or what doctors are people seeing, but that's all anonymous. So you really don't get a sense of community and you don't even know if someone's a man or a woman or what they look like or where they live. But on TikTok, you're seeing people, seeing their daily habits, seeing what they like to do, seeing their vibrant personality. And that was really important as a chronically ill younger person. So I fell in love with TikTok like that. Um, But then I took a little bit of a break where I wasn't making a ton of content because I was on um, nerve medicine that made me like extremely drowsy and gave me a migraine every day. So I took a break from that, but that allowed me to start going to physical therapy to get my neck stronger. But I stayed kind of like looking on the TikTok feed and all of these videos kept popping up uh, of girls that had this thing called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like they're chronically ill. They're in their twenties like me, like this is cool. So I would like follow them. They'd follow me back. They'd comment being like, oh my God, I have rapid gastric emptying or, oh my God, I have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And over time I was like, wow, I have a lot in common with these girls. And TikTok kept showing me all of these videos of these girls. And I was like, okay. I was like, this is cool. The TikTok algorithm is, you know, really specific. And I knew from my other page too, that it it's much, much easier to connect with people on TikTok versus Instagram, because I've been looking for people to connect with on Instagram. And it's like impossible, I feel like, to find people. And a lot of the chronic illness hashtags on Instagram are just taken over by MLM companies trying to sell you products that are claiming to cure your chronic illness. So chronic illness on Instagram like isn't fun because anytime you post something, like you'll get 10 comments being like, try this amazing product to cure your illness or whatever. And so that's like frustrating. So I, I wasn't building a chronic illness Instagram community, but TikTok, I was like, this is really cool. But then one of the trends was, I think it was the trend where it's like, my ch- like um, F you, my child is completely fine. And then you do something weird. And some of the girls with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome were doing like their weird party tricks for their joints. And they were showing the weird things that they could do with their body, like now and when they were children. And all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb clicked in my head. And I was like, stop it. I can do all of these things with my body. It was like, it, it honestly was like looking in the mirror at myself. One of the girls she could take her legs and turn them in like the opposite direction. That's what she did in her TikTok video. And it like unlocked a core memory in my brain. And I was like, I used to do that all the time, but I never thought anything of it because I was an Irish dancer. So I was always praised for my turnout and having hypermobile joints, being like double jointed, having loose joints, having loose ankles. That was always a good thing for dancing. So I never connected it with illness or anything like that. Like that never, ever crossed my mind. And no doctor, I had been having joint pain on and off, but they were just thinking, okay, you don't have rheumatoid arthritis. And they weren't kind of asking like, do you have hypermobile joints? Do you have loose joints? No one was asking me that. And I never thought to say that because I've always been like that. My body's always been like that. So the last thing in my mind that I ever thought to connect all of my issues together was like, the structural issues that I've always had with my body. Like I never thought that. So literally if it was not for TikTok, I would not have asked, like figured it out and asked my doctor. So I saw those videos and I was like, oh my God. So then I obviously Googled this syndrome 
um, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And literally it came up with all of these comorbid conditions that are associated with it. And it was like, check, 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 check. I had like every single one. And I, I honestly couldn't believe it because I knew in my gut that, because I had started having issues with swallowing at like 25 and I had it like severely for like a year and a half. And the ear, nose, throat doctor that I had seen, he was never able to explain why I was having that. Like I was like coughing up any hard food that I would eat. And it was, I never had had that problem before. Um, and no one could explain it. And the doctor, after he ran a couple of tests, he was just like, oh, I think it's just your anxiety because you're an anxious woman. Like, you know, when you're, you know, when your throat gets tight, like when you're going to cry, he was like, that's what it is. So, but in my mind, I was like, I know that I'm physically having trouble swallowing. I'm 25 years old. Like, what is going on? So weird things like that that had been happening to me since my 20s, all of a sudden, once I found out, oh, you probably have a connective tissue disorder, literally all of my health issues made sense. They all fell under this umbrella. My digestive issues, my fatigue, my joint pain, my trouble swallowing, like everything. I was like, dear God. So my next appointment, I went, I was seeing an ortho spine doctor because of my, I was having trouble just physically holding up my head. And I said, he was like looking at my chart. I was seeing him for the first time and everyone had been saying, oh, he's, he's a great doctor. Like you're going to love him. And he was really taking the time to look at everything. So finally I asked him, I was like, do you think I could have an underlying connective tissue disorder? And he whipped around in his chair and he looked at me and it was like a light bulb went off in his head too. And he was like, wait a minute. And I was like, I started showing him the things with my body that I had seen girls doing on TikTok. And he was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he was like going one by one, like looking at my weird elbows, looking at how long my I can like fold my hands in half, looking at my weird fingers. And then he was looking at my medical history. He goes, yes, you. I think you do have a connect underlying connective tissue disorder. And I was like, thank gosh. And it was because of TikTok that I figured that out. So he, um, he like wanted to rule out again, for sure, neuromuscular disorders. And then he, um, what else? He wanted to test me, do the genetic testing for Marfan syndrome, because Marfan syndrome is also a connective tissue disorder. And that can cause um, like problems with blood vessels or like parts of your heart rupturing, I think. So that's important to know if you have. So he wanted to rule that out first. But when that came back negative, he was like, yep, you're right. You're definitely on the spectrum for a connective tissue disorder. It's probably hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos or um, hypermobile, I think it's hypermobility spectrum disorder. It's like, but the label doesn't really matter. There's not like a genetic test to confirm it. And he was like, you're doing all the right things right now. He's like, but yes, you definitely are on the spectrum for a connective tissue disorder. And I was like, this is the most validating moment of my entire life. And it's thanks to TikTok of all things. Yes. And wow. bad reputation. Yeah. Um, but I was like, TikTok is actually really helpful. Extremely. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you, first of all, for telling your story. I think it can definitely help people how you're so open and honest with your chronic illness. And also the fact that the TikTok algorithm helped with your diagnosis is just an incredible thing. And I don't think enough people know how useful it can be. Thank you for sharing that. And when you went to your doctor, did you say, I think I have this and this because of TikTok? And what did he say to that? I, I didn't say because of TikTok because I thought that he would be like, you're a hypochondriac, you're insane. Mm -hmm. But I had said, you know, I've been reading about 
connective tissue disorders. And it seems like I have a lot of the structural signs. And I think what is important with connective tissue disorders is that there are physical signs of it, but oftentimes um, after your pediatrician, no one is really looking at your body or going to appointments if you're not feeling well and you're in like a baggy sweatshirt and like baggy sweatpants. Right. And, you know, unless your joints are physically dislocating, you're and you're saying just I have some mild joint pain. They're not really looking. They're not asking you to like take off your clothes to look at you. Like I had seen dozens of doctors and no one asked me to like take off my clothes or really had looked at my body, body structurally. And it's kind of shocking now that I know that I have a connective tissue disorder because it's like I'm six feet tall. How many six feet tall women do you know that have in general, let alone that have like health issues that are super lankies. And it's funny because my family growing up used to joke that I looked like I had Marfan syndrome. Wow. But it was just like a running joke in my family. But I never thought to mention that because you assume that doctors would make that connection if they're seeing you, you know, even like I was born with um, flat feet. And even when I was younger, I had flat feet. But I didn't think to mention that to my adult doctor because you assume that doctors are going to ask you the important questions if you're really sick all of a sudden you have all these issues but it literally took TikTok for me to figure it out and but I guess a lot of uh, women it takes them like 10 years to get diagnosed because you're seeing specific specialists so they're just addressing if you're having digestive issues you're just going to the GI doctor and they're only seeing you for that and they're not thinking about all these other issues that you are having so on average it takes a really long time to get diagnosed but I think now with TikTok, hopefully, if people are having issues, maybe the algorithm will find out faster than their doctor. I'm not even kidding. It it sounds nuts. I would never believe it if it wasn't for me. And my family can attest, like, we tried everything. I wasn't just seeing rinky-dink doctors, you know, in my hometown. Like, we went to Cleveland Clinic. I saw a pain and fatigue specialist in New York City when I got sick again. Like, we were trying everything, and no one was giving us answers. And it was freaking TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes, I think an important part to your story is how you advocated for yourself as well. And I know that's a theme of a lot of chronic illness TikTok accounts. So I'd love for you to kind of talk more about that. Yeah, I think I think especially when you're young and especially if you're female and if you have like a history of anxiety or depression or or anything, um, it's really easy to get brushed off because a lot of doctors attitudes are you're young, you know, you can't be like, you're young, you're going to get better. Like you probably just got a virus, you're going to be fine. And I mean, some people do get chronic fatigue syndrome from a virus and they're, you know, it's really impacts them. And, you know, one in four people with chronic fatigue syndrome are housebound. Um, So I don't want to minimize chronic fatigue syndrome at all, but it's so easy to get brushed off. And I think a lot of doctors they're overscheduled. Their appointments are, I think on average, it's only like seven minutes at a time. So if they can't find an answer, they're going to tell you, oh, I think you have, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome or fibro or, or whatever. And then it's kind of on you to figure it out. But a lot of people are too sick or don't have enough energy yeah. to figure it out for themselves. So some people have been told for, you know, 20, 30 years that they have fibromyalgia, and then they're finding out later in life, oh, you actually have a connective tissue disorder, or you actually have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And there's things that you could have been doing to help your fatigue, but you were misdiagnosed and no one helped you. And that's just like so heartbreaking thinking about people being misdiagnosed or people being 
given up on or people not having the resources to see specialists or other doctors. So a big part of why I'm doing TikTok now, even though I'm getting healthier and stronger now, is to share my story and to encourage people, like, go get that second opinion. Like, I don't care if you've been seeing your doctor for a long time and they think you have, you know, fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome. A lot of people are just labeled as that because their blood work is coming back fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But it could be other things. So it's really important. And I think TikTok is so powerful because it, the algorithm is really powerful. You, you don't, your story doesn't have, you don't have to have a lot of followers for your story to go viral or for people to see your videos. If it, if it thinks you have things in common with people, it'll push your videos out. And that's so important because I never would have been looking up the hashtag Ehlers-Danlos on Instagram. I wasn't looking at the Ehlers-Danlos subreddits because no one told me that I had that. You know what I mean? So it's really important, the chronic illness TikTok community raising awareness for conditions is super important and having a sense of community is super important because I don't even know if my doctor has any other patients with a connective tissue disorder or Ehlers-Danlos. Like, I don't know anyone in my town that has it. And a lot of us, um, when we're really sick, we can't really leave our house. We can't really see our friends. So having a community of people that are going through the exact same thing that you're going through, that are there for you, that have been through hard times, like that's incredible. And I have TikTok to thank for that. Oh my God. Yeah. I, and I feel like mentally too, like to relate to other people and to just feel like, oh, I'm not the only person going through this. Like, and you know, we mentioned Instagram too. Like, I think you and I were both like creating little worlds on Instagram. And then like, we were each other's fans, which I feel like every time you sent me just like a laughing emoji, it like made my day. <laughs> and I like always tried to do the same with you. So it was funny. I feel like you and I were like treating Instagram almost similar, similarly to what TikTok would become one day. Yes. But yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, you were a friend of a friend's sister. So that's how we started following each other. On TikTok, it can just be somebody in some random place, random person, you have no degrees of separation, you just have the same interests or the same issues or the same, you know, concerns. Like, it's crazy, crazy, crazy to me that TikTok has like brought this community to you that and to everybody in this community that I think like everything you're saying is just wild like how meaningful it is to have a community when you're dealing with this really traumatic thing yeah and I think in the past especially like you know 20 30 years ago if you had a chronic illness and it really affected your your energy levels or what you were able to do a lot of people were housebound. And when you're really sick for long periods of time, over time, your friends kind of drop out, you know, like people aren't asking you to go grab a drink and stuff because they know that you're sick. So over time, you know, your friend group is kind of limited. I'm lucky where I still have like a core group of really good friends who check in on me, but it does get isolating and lonely over time. But the chronic illness community, it's like popping off. Like everyone is so So supportive supportive of each other. If anyone is having like a bad day or bad symptoms that day, they probably receive like 50 to 100 messages of people being like, I'm here for you. Like, I'll call you if you need anything. Like, that is so cute. Like, and I, I never thought I was always like a super private kind of like perfectionist type of person where I wanted to present myself like perfectly, you know, yeah. but 
on TikTok, like you can let your freak flag fly. Like you can be <laughs> genuinely yourself. You can post something like looking disgusting, just having rolled out of bed, not having showered in two days. And like, if your content is good, like people are there for it, you know, especially the chronic illness community. And that's just so awesome because I don't feel like I have to put up any type of facade when I'm making videos for chronic illness versus on Instagram. If I was posting some of my content from TikTok on Instagram, people in real life would be like, do we need to do a welfare check on Mary Kay? Like, okay. But on TikTok, the chronic illness TikTok, people freaking love it because we're all going through the same thing. We all can relate and being able to make jokes about it together is super powerful because otherwise you're just kind of on your own little island experiencing it by yourself. And that's really lonely, you know? Oh, so difficult. Yeah. TikTok, it, it really has this like wonderful ability to almost like strip people of all these facades we've put up over the years. Like Instagram is the, the greatest example of it. Like, I don't know what Instagram necessarily started as but what it's become is this monster yeah where you type in chronic illness and you get a bunch of MLM schemes like trying to sell you shit in like their you know fake beautiful picture and everything and it's very much TikTok is like the answer to that it's just like no makeup there's I love like one of the and we'll we'll talk soon about the other accounts you've you've been following but like yeah, one of the girls did things that are beautiful about my like chronically ill body. And it was just it's that's the kind of stuff you see on there that you don't typically see on other social media that I hadn't really yeah. seen prior. That it makes it makes you love yourself more. It makes you yeah, like more compassionate for others. It's oh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> I think that was um Leia Asher's video. Leia Asher music ah. is her is her handle and she's so freaking funny. She does improv too. And she has a few chronic illnesses and she's just like hilarious. And she posted about her thinning hair. And I was like, I am so self-conscious about my thinning hair. I would never in a million years want people to see it. But her showing that, I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot and I'm going to show mine. And like, that's important because I had felt like so much shame and been so insecure about it. I was like, oh my God, I used to have beautiful hair and now I don't. But her posting that was empowering. And like, that's important. And I, I wouldn't have found that on Instagram. Instagram is all like super face-tuned Photoshop Kardashian clones, you know? And TikTok is just, I find it more empowering. And it's more creative. It's like creators making content. It's not just influencers trying to shill you crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a vulnerability to it that like is right next to creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can actually show yourself and show your true colors it's beautiful yeah and it's more like real-time content what you're going through and not just like yeah here's some perfectly posed and staged photos that I took two weeks ago with a professional photographer like (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not helpful to the chronic illness community like we're suffering so being able to just like show what you're going through in real time is so important so helpful and I love that you mentioned uh, like Asher music and so and with your account too you add a level of humor to it that I think it makes it relatable to everyone, you know, and as someone who I don't know until I met you, I don't know anyone with chronic illness. So watching these videos, and we'll talk about some other ones you sent too, uh, has given me a sense of kind of the world that you guys are living in and what you're going through. And also there was one video of, you know, how to talk to someone with chronic illness and what not to say. And 
I think it's amazing that it opened up that world to me. And for you to have that support system and community is through TikTok is an incredible thing as well. Yeah, that's really important because I think sometimes people just, if they hear that you've been really sick and that you're really sick, they just label you as a sick person. They're like, oh, she's really sick. But it's like, no, you're still this vibrant young person who has interests and a life and friends and family and, you know, you have things going on. You're not just sick. So I think showing people that like you can have a chronic illness, but you can also be cool as shit. Like, like that's possible. Yeah, so in ways it is like inspirational, I think for people who are struggling to see, like you can get through hard times and you can still be interesting and cool and your identity doesn't have to revolve around being sick but that is a big part of your life but also there's other things too and you can have a really amazing personality and be a really cool person and have the chronic illness so I think that's important yeah there's so many dimensions and you could be funny and and you can sing songs like Leah does and to get all of these dimensions just from 60 second videos and then visiting each individual person's page. It's like a, a encyclopedia of learning and, and knowledge that I would never have had before. So I'd love to talk about some of the other creators that you sent over who are also incredible. Uh, so yeah. the next one is Shay Shits in the Bag. Oh, I am obsessed with her. Obsessed. Yes. I, I think yeah. I've been following her for a while, but I recently got like more into her content. And she is such a badass and she's so funny. And I think she just quit her full-time job recently to focus on creating content, which how awesome is that? Especially if you're sick and you can, your job can just be creating content from home. That's like dream job if you like doing it. Like that's, that's the dream, you know? And she, um, I never had known anyone that had an ostomy bag before, but she talks all about hers and all about her health journey. And it's just like really inspiring that she's gotten through that. She raises awareness for it and her identity isn't about that. She'll answer questions about it, but at the same time, she's just this really cool person. So I love her account. I love it. I think everyone should follow her account, even if you're not chronically ill. She's, she's amazing. Agreed. Their stuff is just endlessly entertaining I had to quite literally like just put my phone away so that I stopped going down a hole it's so good and the way that they just it's again complete vulnerability like they're showing you the the bag and she's explaining like exactly how it's used and she's answering questions from people Mm -hmm. in the comments and again, yeah, I love that there's this sense of, you know, hey, and she's called people out too, like, hey, when you when you ask that, like, it's actually sort of offensive. And then sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, I, okay, I know you're genuinely interested. I'm going to show you guys. Here's here's what happens. Here's how I do it. Yeah. it. Oh, she had a series where it was like, what happened after I woke up from a coma? And yes. Oh my God. Those were so interesting. Right? Like, and it's like, it's just cool that she's a young person and she's sharing her experiences. I'm like, this is genuinely interesting. I'm glad that we, she's sharing this because we all get to learn things. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she has like really cool makeup and hair too. Right. I like you. You're the type of person. Just like fun to watch. Yeah. 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 Good energy. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's one video where she talks about her fat. She's like super fashionable. And so she's talking about clothes that fit over her bag or, or look good with her bag. And I just imagine someone who lives in like a totally remote part of the world who might have a, a bag as well. And like having the access to someone to relate to is incredible. So what she's doing in, in terms of like entertaining being vulnerable and then also just being super cool. Like, yeah. Like she would obviously be a TikTok personality whether or not she had chronic illness, but it's yes. like really cool that she's doing both. She's like doing comedic things and raising awareness for her health issues. Yeah. yeah. So everyone should follow her. That's Shay Shits in the Bag. Obviously the name is fantastic as well. <laughs> and the next one is Sarah... Zeitlin, Sarah underscore Z-E-I-T-L-I-N. And she posts about her chronic illness journey as well. And her bio reads, sick girl with a lot of spare time. And then she lists out kind of all of the chronic illnesses she has. So, and I noticed a lot of chronic illness TikTokers, they'll list out the illnesses. Have you found that to be super helpful? That is super helpful because like, for example, connected tissue disorders, they can cause issues with all different bodily symptoms. So systems. So I have issues with my autonomic nervous system. I have issues with my digestive system. I have issues like it can affect all different areas of your body. Um, so if you're a chronic illness creator, a lot of people will put what they have. So then if your followers have specific questions for, you know, oh, what do you do to manage your POTS? They can easily find that you have that. So that's common, especially with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You can have all different comorbid conditions that come along because you have connected tissue disorder. So the thing is, is that they describe it as um, connected tissue disorders are like if you build a house, but you don't put the nails in all the way. So things can just like go haywire over time. So that's kind of the idea. Um, And she has a lot of digestive issues. Um, Her stomach, I think, is actually paralyzed. Um, So I have the opposite problem. I have rapid gastric emptying. So my stomach um, like dumps food into my intestines and they couldn't figure that out for a while. She has the opposite problem. A lot of girls with Ehlers-Danlos have the opposite problem where their stomach is paralyzed. So then they can never really eat food again. And I think it's really cool and really vulnerable of um, a lot of girls in the chronic illness community to share all about that because in the past there would have been such a stigma around it. People would have yeah. been like, that's weird. She doesn't eat, you know, but now it's like, yeah, I'm really cool. I'm a badass. I'm literally in the hospital and I'm learning TikTok dances, you know, <laughs> she's, she's so cool. Um, and she's been really vulnerable about her journey and keeping updates going and just keeping a positive attitude. So I think she's really inspirational. Yeah, you you mentioned that. And there's somewhat of a judgment, especially for someone who doesn't eat or someone who is tired, you think, oh, like, sleep more or oh, like, just eat like, it's not as simple to that. And it's really hard. Like, I think we're all programmed to judge in a way. And when you see the person face to face, even if it's on a 60 second video, it just breaks down that wall. So it even I find myself, you know, checking myself like you don't know what anyone is going through. And so TikTok has helped me in that way to like take down these barriers and Mm -hmm. don't be so quick to judge. Like it's just been a a great learning. Because I learned a lot of girls who have um, gastroparesis is the condition where your stomach is paralyzed. Um, A lot of them have feeding tubes because that's how they get their food. Um, But people I would have assumed this, too. If you see a thin girl with a 
uh, feeding tube, you assume she must have an eating disorder. Yeah. She's anorexic or something. But that's not the case. Like they might have structural issues with the dig digestive system. And like I never would have known that before, but it opened my eyes to that. So you can't judge someone based off of their appearance or their medical conditions or their mobility aids or anything. Um, you never know what someone's going through. So, yeah. and I think even a lot of, I, I learned this too, a lot of doctors, when it's a young girl and she's saying, I'm having issues eating at every meal, a lot of doctors, especially male doctors, um, will just assume over time, like this person must have an eating disorder. And some girls with paralyzed stomachs get thrown into eating disorder clinics. Like that is just heartbreaking. I learned that from TikTok as well. So even just sharing those kind of stories, girls sharing those kinds of stories, you hope that even medical professionals will see it and actually like check themselves and, and think, you know, could this person actually have gastroparesis or could this person have rapid gastric emptying? I think that's important because a lot of times if it's a young person and it's, you know, eating related or whatever, fatigue related, they just assume mental illnesses instead of physical, physical illnesses. Yeah. I feel like there's, it's no coincidence that a lot of this community is young women and there's so much, yeah, they talk about, everybody just says, oh, but you look fine. You know, you look fine. You know, yeah. you're probably just tired, get some rest. Like it's, it really is crazy to see our culture reflected on us in this way of like, we're just so fixated on how people look and their appearances and we make assumptions based off of that. Yeah, what I, I absolutely agree with what Dina was saying. Like it's it's made me question when I look at people what I think about them. Yeah. Thanks to TikTok. Even for me, like I used to think even if I saw someone using a wheelchair and then if I saw them getting up and walking later, I, I in my mind I, I was so ignorant. I used to think like why do they need a wheelchair? But then like looking at my experiences, we got to the point where we almost bought me a wheelchair this fall because I was housebound. I literally couldn't walk more than, you know, a few blocks without totally crashing. It's called post-exertional malaise. So anything that you do, any little thing that you do with your muscles, you crash twice as hard. Mm -hmm. So like I got to the point, I think it was because of the structural issues with my neck. Like it was pressing on nerves because I couldn't hold up my neck properly. It was causing extreme chronic fatigue. And any little thing I did, I crashed even harder. And I was just so sick of being housebound. Like, yes, I could walk around my house, but going any further than around my house, like I practically needed a wheelchair. And I got to that point. And before I would have judged someone that had had a wheelchair that could walk. But now I'm like, holy crap, like I totally understand this now. Or even people in airports that need wheelchairs, but they can physically walk. I'm like, I understand that better now. Like my level of empathy and like I don't judge anyone now because you never know yeah. what someone is going through. And before when I heard chronic fatigue syndrome, like I was just like, okay, like you're tired all the time, take a nap or rest a little bit. But then when I was experiencing it myself, the post-exertional malaise, which is like the hallmark of chronic fatigue syndrome, it's literally a fatigue like you've never felt in your life. It's not the type of thing that you can push through. And I think people don't people don't realize that. Um, like I literally at my worst, I could barely get up to go to the bathroom and I would just like crash even harder. And you're thinking you look physically fine. Like that can't be possible, but no, you can look like the picture of health, but for some reason, even like on a cellular, cellular level, I don't know. They don't even really know the cause yet. 
you physically can't push yourself. You physically can't do it. And that is really hard. It's even hard for your friends and family to understand. So for strangers, they just assume that you're lazy, but it's like, no, this is the reality. Um, so I think it's important. Now there's there's even a documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Unrest about um, a woman who had chronic fatigue syndrome for like, I think 10 years, Jennifer Bree. She's a health activist. And there were times when she literally couldn't even get out of bed. You know, one in four people with chronic fatigue syndrome are housebound. And she was worse than me. And I had been thinking, oh my God, if I have chronic fatigue syndrome, I have it so bad, but I didn't even have it as bad as other people, which is like hard to even fathom. Like when I was talking to my husband about it and he watched part of that documentary, he couldn't even believe it. It was, it's like heartbreaking because it, it, it just doesn't even seem possible but until you've experienced it or like your spouse or your family member has experienced it you don't understand it it's 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 really wild so i think raising awareness on social media because in the past if you were housebound no one saw you you know you just you weren't part of the world anymore you were missing but now with social media you can be stuck in bed but you can still post content and raise awareness and that's really powerful hugely powerful yeah, yeah. There's one more account we want to mention too, um, Saren Becker, S-E-R-E-N-B-E-C-K-E-R. She also, I, I love her bio is girl with chronic illnesses, just like vibing. <laughs> Again, it's like this cool, like, yeah, I love that, you know, these, these girls are sort of like reclaiming it, right? They're being like, no, we're actually like strong people, like because of this and we're just as cool if not cooler yeah. than most. She actually helped me because she has POTS, which is one of the things that I have. And she shows like her daily routines and what she does. And like that helped me because my doctor didn't tell me what to be doing. They were just like, wow. this is what you have. You know, basically like, bye, this is what you have. And like, no one tells you what to do or how to help you, which is kind of shocking. Because yeah. um, POTS by itself can be super debilitating. But she posts tons of content about like, what she does on a daily basis, like she wakes up and she drinks her liquid IV and drinks a ton of water as soon as she wakes up. And I was like, I should be doing this. Like, I'm not doing this. I should be doing this. So she posts content like that. That's really helpful. And then she's also just seems like a really cool person. So I feel like we would vibe in real life. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. So yeah, you went from like being a D1 athlete champion Irish dancer, like CPA, 12 hour a day job to then getting this, you know, chronic illness diagnosis, finding out through TikTok exactly what you had. And now you're, uh, you know, a content creator and you're helping other people and people on TikTok are helping you. Did you ever imagine this would be the kind of the chapters that you'd go through at this stage in your life? Definitely not. If you told me that I would, if you told me even like two years ago that I would be posting like makeup free, unshowered videos, like unplanned videos to thousands of strangers on the internet, I would have been like, um, you need to check my mental health, you know? <laughs> because like that does not, I was always such a perfectionist, you know, but in a way it's just been super liberating because when you become chronically ill and at my worst times, there was a time when I had an over immune response to an infection. That was my lowest because there were times that I went to bed and I honestly didn't know if I would wake up in the morning. Like I was that sick. My body had slowed down that much. And I, it was like hard to even like wake me up in the morning. I was so sick and I was on they had to try like three different antibiotics till they found something that worked for me. Um, but it was because I was 
so run down and my immune system was weakened from my vitamin deficiencies, from my um, digestive issues that I was, I was that weak. It, it literally, it's pretty crazy because when you're that sick, your body just goes into a different mode. It literally goes into pure survival mode. It's almost like you transcend your normal state. It, I wouldn't call it disassociation, but it's definitely like an altered state where I honestly, like my mom would ask me like, what did you do last week? And I like, wouldn't even be able to tell her at my sickest times because your body is literally just trying to survive and you kind of have to like separate from yourself to get through it. So in a way you become a different person when you come out of that and you kind of know who you are at your core, like on a soul level now that you didn't know before. So now the things that used to stress me out before, like I do not care anymore. It's like, I've survived this. I've hopefully made it past my worst health times, at least for this foreseeable future. And now it's like, I don't give a crap if someone thinks I look bad without makeup. Like, I don't give a crap if someone thinks it's narcissistic to post a lot about my chronic illness. It's like, this is helping people. I've had like probably 30 people reach out to me and say, oh my God, thank you so much for posting about that under desk cycle machine that you used for POTS. And like that makes it worth it because their quality of life might increase a ton. And just thinking about other people that were struggling the way that I was struggling, you never want anyone else to struggle that way. Like you never want anyone else to. So if I can help people by posting silly videos on TikTok, I'm going to do it. And like, I don't care if people think that it's like cringy or weird. Like I'm happy to do it because I'm happy to help other people. Like that makes it worth it. Like, and now I feel like there's a reason why I had to go through all this because hopefully I can help other people and raise awareness for issues. And now that I'm getting healthier, I'm hoping to become like more of an activist in a way because there are a lot of policies that I never realized in the US and like in government that are really unfair when it comes to chronic illness or disabilities, like issues that I never realized. So now I'm trying to educate myself more on that. So maybe eventually I can help enact political change, things like that. Um, And with social media, you can freaking do it because thousands of people can see your videos and be like, I never knew that. Like that is unfair. Yeah. You know, so that's really cool. And now I feel like I have more of a purpose and I really like helping people. And I am way less self-conscious now. I'm just like, I'm going to let my freak flag fly because it was always inside of me. And (laughs) working in that audit room was soul crushing, but posting fun videos on TikTok, like I love this, you know? (laughs) That's so amazing. That is so amazing. I love that story. Yeah, we're all very appreciative for you posting too. And I I think the sky's the limit for you. You know, hearing you talk about being an, becoming an activist and, and using social media in a way, like I'm so excited just to see what the future holds for you. And yeah. do you have an ultimate goal in the end with TikTok? I know you talked about, you know, activism, but have you kind of thought about that? I don't know, because I've kind of just gotten back into it. I mean, eventually it would be nice to be able to make some money from it, but I would never want to be the type of person that just shills anything. I would only want to partner with brands that I actually use or actually help me because I I think that would just be the complete opposite of why I started doing this. If I just started making money off of brands that I didn't actually use or that weren't helpful because people that are chronically ill, a lot of their money is going towards medical bills and just trying to get better. So it, in a way, it's not about the money, but if I do focus a lot of my time on it, like 
it would be nice to help, you know, get a little money to help pay for my doctor's appointments. That would be nice. But just growing, just growing the account and making more contacts and meeting more people and like raising awareness for issues like that would also be totally worth it as well. Yeah. Oh, and also Leia and I were talking about we are upset because there's like no chronic illness representation in media in like TV shows and movies. Right. If it is, it's like a side character or it's like a really crappily written like fault in fault in our stars type of movie where it's it, it's like so cringy. It's never like a vibrant cool person who's dealing with this because yeah. there's being chronically ill is so multifaceted because you have to deal with all of these issues on top of being sick and like fighting for your life. Cause it like, obviously it takes a toll on your relationship. Some girls talk about dating when you're chronically ill, um, the financial stress of it, you know, having to self advocate, having doctors gaslight you. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many things that happen. And I feel like there hasn't been a show that like shows cool people with chronic illness, especially women. So we're like, Lena Dunham hit us up, you know? It's interesting. I feel like I started learning about chronic illness actually because I follow Lena Dunham on Instagram and she is very vocal and very honest about her chronic illness and all of that. But you're right. It's nowhere in media. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no you know, main characters or even side characters that I can think of who are dealing with chronic illness. So yeah, I hope you and Leia maybe just do it on your own. You don't need Lena Dunham. You guys yeah, should, should <laughs> something tag tag netflix on tiktok i know netflix is active yeah. maybe maybe they'll see it you oh. never know crazier things have happened let's do it yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, before i got um before i got really sick i like my secret dream had been like to be like a screenwriter or to work on like movies or television somehow so i would like write screenplays for fun after my finance job at night um but yeah, it would be really cool to have like the chronic illness community represented on a TV show just to show people yeah. like you, you aren't just your sickness. You're way more than that. But we also have to deal with all this extra shit on top of being sick. Mm-hmm. And I think it could make a really good TV show, even like virtual friends who lived in other parts of the country um, that are connected through social media or whatever, because totally. um, that's how a lot of us connect and live. So that would be cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I hope that that happens. What does your For You page look like? Okay, so I knew you guys were going to ask me this, and I was like, how do I describe this? (laughs) So my chronic illness account is mostly, like, chronic illness content or, like, you know, body positivity and or, like, helpful tips for mental health, that type of thing. But then my personal page is, like... I do not, I do not see like the normal trends. Like I do not see it. My, my for you page on my personal is like alt granola, queer, liberal, <laughs> like Bernie Sanders TikTok. That is my, that's my personal account. Like I feel like if I created content on my personal page for that, it would just be like so niche. People would be like, "What even is this?" And there's already like so many cool creators for that I just enjoy looking at that content mm-hmm. but yeah my for you page on my personal account is just like so freak and I love it yeah. it's just like it's like oh you love Phoebe Bridgers like we're not gonna show you these dance trends <laughs> but, yeah. I loved you were posting a lot on your persona about uh Timothy Chalamet so you must get a lot of Timothy content too <laughs> 
I even have like another throwaway account where I I think I like impersonated Timothy Chalamet's assistant um after Harry Styles watermelon sugar video came out and like his Timothy Chalamet's assistant was like frantic because she was like he's stealing our you know shine in the fruit market like <laughs> like he made watermelons happen like people aren't looking at you for peaches anymore um yeah I had fun with that because my little sister is like obsessed with Timothy Chalamet so like I basically am a complete Timothy Chalamet stand via her and like she is a teacher so she's like I can't post content that would be embarrassing so I'm like I'm not working right now. So like I'll buy a $5 wig off of Amazon and like I'll be a Timothy if I have to, you know. <laughs> uh, that's what I love about TikTok. Like you could have three separate accounts and you're the same person, but every algorithm is different and you could really like niche down and have totally different content on each page, which is fantastic. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like afraid that like Timothy Shalm, I would like put out a restraining order towards me or something. <laughs> But um, one of the creators that I love is you guys probably he probably his videos probably show up for you is um is it Matterday Night Live the guy who does all the impressions oh yeah his is so good he does um Rami Malik too yes. which is totally spot on I love great. I love all of the videos I love it yeah. yeah and Bobby's like I don't understand I was like I'm just like Bobby it's not for you like it's for me <laughs> right. it's not your page. yeah your husband would have a totally different for you page for sure. He doesn't have TikTok. And I'm like, you're so lame. So then I have to keep him cool by like sending him videos. And he'll be like, hello, I'm working. You just sent me five videos. I'm not going to watch them all right now. And I'm just like, it's important to me. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, my husband doesn't have it either. And I'll show him stuff. But then like he doesn't get it. Because really like you do sort of have to be like into TikTok to get most of the yeah. jokes. And yeah, then like yeah. I get mad at him for not getting it. So we've just <laughs> like stopped. I stopped sharing TikToks with him. Yeah. It's not going to end well. The only thing that, like, I didn't need to give him context about was, um, do you guys follow uh, Beave, the Beaver in Rehabilitation, like, all the Beaver videos? No. Oh, my God. That account is amazing. Um, this woman is rehabilitating this beaver, and he partially lives in her house, but he constantly is, like, trying to build dams in the house, so he'll just be, like, taking things around the house and building dams. So there was, like, a period of time where every night we would, Bobby and I would just lay in bed watching Beave videos. <laughs> just, like, just, like, straight serotonin to our brain. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I have to check that out. Yeah. So I once got sidetracked. Somebody has a monkey on TikTok. Oh, like, there's, a, there's a monkey account, and I was, like could not stop watching just the monkey like opening the refrigerator like getting out a banana oh it's great it's great great content yeah and I, I love the elderly people on tiktok too who have accounts like some of them are just like so wholesome and pure and i like my grandparents aren't around anymore they're they've passed away but like i love watching their videos like oh some of them just go on there and like talk about the weather for the day. And I'm like, this is so wholesome. And they have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Yeah. And they're probably just like, what is going on? The people are just like here for the content. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of old people TikTok. We had uh, Eddie Doyle on who his grandmother was my my favorite grandma. And when I tell you, she passed away and I took it as like a death in my family that's how much I feel like you just become attached to these the, you know the people you see on TikTok yeah definitely are there any other like creators or, or people you wanted to highlight I'm trying to think lately I have been obsessed they have like 
over a million followers. Do you guys follow Anky Boys? E-N-K-Y Boys. It's like a little boy who does voiceovers with his dad. But he's like tiny, the little kid. But he is so good. It's like scary. I'm like, this is a star in the making. It is just like every video puts a smile to your face. He even did like a voiceover of the woman after the Capitol storming being like, I have been maced. And it's like this little oh. kid doing it like perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his acting is like that. spot on. Yes. Yes, I have seen it. It's so good. He's great. Fantastic. All right. Shall we move to our lightning round? Yes. Our lightning round will be related to TikTok. So first thing that comes to your head, let us know. First question, what's your favorite TikTok trend? Currently, it's all of the Bernie Sanders edits in his inauguration outfit with his mittens. (laughs) I love it. I can't get enough of it. Fantastic. Yes. I think I just watched like literally 100 of like different (laughs) versions of it. And I laughed at every single one. It's not getting old. Yes, the one with like the scene from Ghost with the pottery come up for you. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh my god, I need to. It's amazing because he has mittens and they like edited it over the pottery. I wish I knew the handle, but I don't know it. <laughs> so good. Um, all right, what's your least favorite TikTok song or trend? The trend that I found the cringiest, like I couldn't even watch it. I was so cringed out. Was the trend where like it was mostly teenagers that were like pretending to do something and then looking at the camera like someone was calling their name. Oh, have you seen that trend? I don't think I know that trend. I, no. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so critical. I was like, I can't. But then people, like older people, started almost like mocking them and were making like obscene gestures and then looking at the camera. And I was like, okay, I like that. <laughs> but when people were doing it earnestly, I was like, I'm really uncomfortable yes. with the energy in the studio right now. Like, I, I can't. Do this. <laughs> what do you say to someone who thinks they are too old for TikTok? Okay, I used to think that I was too old for TikTok, okay? But then literally downloading TikTok, download TikTok when you're having a bad week because it is just like straight heroin in terms of like joy and fun. And no one's too old for TikTok because especially once your algorithm becomes more specific to you, you're just there, you're just enjoying it. It's just good vibes. Like who doesn't want good vibes? Yes. So people that refuse to get TikTok, it's like, oh, you don't like having fun? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Your choice. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I think too. Yep. What's your number one piece of advice for TikTokers? Hmm. I would say if you're trying to gain a large following, definitely if you already have an account, definitely start a new account fresh and just post that content. Because I think that's why a lot of people, even if they're really cool or really talented or really funny, if you you start an initial account and you're kind of all over the place, it's never going to grow. But if you start a new account and consistently post the same kind of type of content, like it can skyrocket immediately. Mm. So I would say like, don't be afraid. Like I never had like two Instagram accounts. Like I feel like people don't usually have two Instagram accounts, but TikTok, I think it's common to just have like a bunch of accounts and just like shoot your shot and then whatever takes off, just like go in that direction. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah, Yeah. that's really great advice. Who would you want in your hype house? Oh, oh, mm. well, obviously Leia Asher. She's really cool. I'm trying to think. I love, um, there's a guy from Ireland. I think his, his label is like Grandpa Frank. He's like an Irish grandpa that posts content. And like, I'm super Irish and I'm just like, Oh my God, I miss my grandparents. I love you. So I feel like I would want people of all different 
ages. And I also would love if Beeves the Beaver would come live in our house. <laughs> I feel like we would really enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, now we'll end the show. Let our listeners know where to find you, all your handles, all that good stuff, what you're working on. Um, yeah. So I'm Chronic Baddie on uh, TikTok. And then you can follow me on Instagram too, but I don't post a lot of chronic illness content. Um, on Instagram, I'm just Mary Kate, M-A-R-Y-K-A-T-E. And then my last name is Mahani, M-A-H-A-N-Y. So that's it. And I won't give you my freak my other freak throw off TikTok account because you'd probably be scared. The Timothy fan account. Well, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you sharing all the aspects of your journey and how you're helping people. And this has just been eye opening for me. And I think it definitely will be for our listeners too. So we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. So we'll much. have to do it again sometime. Yes. Yeah.